Well, hey there. Welcome back to the For Jesus podcast. My name is Luke Simmons. I'm one of the pastors at Redemption Church Gateway. And here with me today is Alessi DeBartolo, one of my co-hosts. How are you, Alessi? Hello. Doing well today. um, I'm glad to hear that. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah? Yeah. Thanksgiving went great. Mm. And uh, How was your turkey? It was awesome. Yeah, it turned out really good. Actually, my in-laws were in town. They've never done Thanksgiving with us. And they said that they'd never had good Thanksgiving turkey, and they really liked it. So uh, that's I felt you like, said that I know it, you said it was an open invitation. It if you felt like a lot of pressure, <laughs> I actually had some of uh, our listeners ask me for the recipe. So uh, I don't know how it turned out for you guys, but uh, yeah, ours turned out great. How was your Italian food? It was delicious, and uh, yeah, my mom made cannellonis. Okay, uh, so that was our that was our Thanksgiving or our Italian dish. Okay, um, but yeah, it was it was great. Great. Yeah. So it's just you and I today. We're yeah. missing Mr. Reese. He's Where on assignment. He? He's on assignment. Oh. Um, I don't know. I think he got invited. Like a bunch of people needed hugs oh, or something. Oh, yes. He does love that. He yeah. loves hugs. He loves and them. so he's off, I think, giving a bunch of people like really COVID-friendly hugs. Oh, so, that's so nice. Yeah, that's what a sweet, sweet of guy. Him. So, um, but we've got a couple more episodes before we wrap up this first season of For Jesus and take a little break before the holidays. Um, but why don't you tell us, Alessi, what are we going to do today? Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode. Um, so we are getting to interview uh, Mr. Luke Simmons. Oh, hey, there it hey. is. <laughs> I wish you told me no just kidding I knew. <laughs> he knew he knew um but we actually asked you our listeners um for some questions because this is going to be a little bit more of like a a personal take uh we get some get some just one-on-one time uh, cool uh, fun asking some questions so. yeah we, we do a thing every year after christmas called ask anything this year i think we're gonna actually do it january 3rd okay and th- that's the day where people text in all sorts of questions oh, yeah, and me right. and seth and matthew will answer that a lot of those tend to be kind of Bible questions and church mm. questions. And I think today's going to be a little bit more like random, some of that, but some <laughs> random and yeah, you've, you've I, I compiled yes. some different things. Yes. We have, we have three different categories that we'll kind okay. of move through. And um, so we'll start with some sports or okay. we'll go into some random kind of questions and then um, we'll end with a little bit more meaningful. Um, okay. Some questions. So I guess you. people need to stick around. Yes. If they want the meaningful stuff. Yeah. If, if you're just here for trivia <laughs> and uh, superficiality, the <laughs> then it won't take you long. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, Fun. we're just going to kick right off. Uh, we're going to start. Um, so sports. Uh, you, I, like that. I like that that's a topic. That is, well, like a whole subset of questions. It is. That's great. I mean, that is very you. So um, one question that was asked was, what is your favorite in-game moment that you ever participated in during college? Baseball. Yeah, that's a fun question. Um, I played at University of Illinois, and probably my favorite, uh, I, I guess it probably my most, most memorable uh, time there was my freshman year. We mm-hmm. had a um, series against Michigan State, and it was the last game of the series, and we were down, I think, by 15 runs in the seventh mm-hmm. inning, and we came from behind and won. <gasps> And wow. it's really cool. And uh, my my dad actually somebody had taken a picture of me um, up at the plate with the with the scoreboard in the background, and you see how far behind we are. Oh. And it's kind of a fun picture because we, we sort of reflect on go, man, we came back and we won that game. Yeah. And um, yeah, w- one of our guys hit a grand slam that bounced off the top of the wall and over, and oh, it was kind of man. a big moment. And I had epic. a I'd had a a really good series, and it was just a fun. So that's probably what stands out. 
That's awesome. That must have been such a fun game to watch too, like for your for your I'm, family. I'm told that it was. <laughs> what position did you play for some of us who don't know? So I was recruited as a catcher, but hurt okay. my throwing shoulder before college. And so uh, my freshman year, I was a designated hitter. Okay. Uh, sophomore year, I moved to first base. And then junior, senior year, I moved to third base. Right. I'd grown up kind of playing everything. So sure. I, I could sort of play a bunch of positions okay, but I was mostly in the lineup because I was a pretty good hitter. When did you start playing baseball? Were you? I don't remember. Really? I mean, little. as early as I can remember. Okay. Okay. But yeah. it was always baseball was your, was your sport. Yeah. I played some other sports. Okay. I played some basketball and football growing up and some tennis actually in middle school. Oh. I was on the middle school tennis team. That's cool. Um, but yeah, baseball was kind of my first love. Okay. All yeah. right. Cool. Um, so this is interesting. I loved this question. Would you trade being a gateway pastor or being our gateway pastor to play in the MLB? Um, <laughs> Maybe for a day, um, <laughs> like it'd be really fun to get a chance to play for a day. But no, on the whole, I, I wouldn't. In fact, that was kind of, you know, I was not drafted out of college. I had the opportunity kind of to sign as a free agent. They try to fill out the rosters sure. so that all the really great people have someone to play against. Uh -huh. um, and I turned that down in part because I knew some guys that were in the game. Okay. And I was sort of looking at it and going, you know what, even if I were to make it, which looks like a huge long shot. I just don't know that that's the life I want. I don't know mm. that's the lifestyle I want. Mm -hmm. I really um, felt like I wanted to be connected to a local church and mm. felt like that'd be hard in, in baseball. Mm. But I mean, goodness sakes, who wouldn't love, <laughs> who wouldn't love an at bat? Who wouldn't love a game? Yeah. Um, that's actually one of my weird recurring dreams is mm. related to baseball. And I'll play in all sorts of different places and I oh, always end cool. up on deck or I end up at the plate and I actually even sometimes see pitches, but I never get to actually complete the at bat. Wow. So, what a dream. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's great. That was um, like a bonus answer. That there. was. Yeah. That was good. We got some good details there. Um, favorite Bronco of all time? John Elway. Wow. All right. Not hard. There you go. He's the best quarterback ever. And anyone that wants to argue about it, I'm game. Bring it on. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess you could fill that out in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is, Alessia, you're not quite prepared to make the argument against that. So. Nope. Okay. I trust you. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so with your love for sports, uh, do you ever take your family to local batting cages? Uh, there is a local indoor batting cage kind of near us. Okay. Um, that we, I think I took, um, I think I took Caitlin there okay. once when she was playing softball. Um, we have some friends that are part of the church, Andy and Tara McIntyre, and they um, own a company, a business that they started this year in Scottsdale by Talking Stick called D-Bat. And it's like an indoor baseball training facility. And so we've gone as a family there a couple of times just awesome. to kind of hang with them. And, um, you know, Hank's the guy who, who likes it probably the most. And yeah. he's still a little young for yeah. some of that stuff. But we do a lot of uh, hitting in the backyard, hitting Fun. in the green belt across the street from our house. And so we do stuff, but usually yeah. not at the batting cage someday. Yeah. 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 Then maybe that's more in the future. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, that's that completes our sports That's the sports section. round? Okay. <laughs> that was fun. Good job, everybody. Um, but now we'll move into some more random topics. Fun. Uh, so first, first question for you, gummy bears or sour gummy worms? Yes. Oh. Yes. I like all things gummy. Okay. So that was going to be my follow-up <laughs> question of would you choose gummy over chocolate? Oh, that's a tough. I mean, I just like candy. <laughs> But my favorite, my favorite candy probably is Dots. Oh. Which are gummy. Do you get those at the movie theater? Uh, they don't 
sell them anymore. I don't think. Oh, they, at least not at the Harkins. Box? The at yellow? Harkins, they have the uh, Sour Patch Kids. Oh, okay. Which it's hard to. I don't know. I, the sour gets a little much if you're having a whole box. Sure. You know, if you're just having a little like. That, you know, yeah, Halloween yeah. size fun bag. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the perfect a, amount of, okay. of sour. But yeah, no, I, I love all things gummy. First they're sweet, then they're sour. I guess, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. What's your favorite chocolate? Candy bar type. Uh, Butterfinger. A Butterfinger. All right. It's just so, there's nothing else kind of like it, really. That's true. There's a lot of things with chocolate Caramel and peanut butter. And peanuts, yeah. But that flaky, buttery, uh-huh. mm, it's pretty mm. great. <laughs> Okay, so along with candy, which I'm sure you have as you watch movies, because you are a, I think you are a movie buff. I'm um, a movie buff, that's true. <laughs> but what uh, what were your top five movies of 2020? Which this this question's a little weird this year. because um, brutal. We didn't um, have Yeah, there barely were. Did we even have five? Well, a lot depends on how you think about this. So I actually, I, I make a list every year of okay. the movies I've seen um, that are that are kind of released in this year okay. or um, recently. So what's, what's interesting is all the movies I saw pretty much before COVID hit mm-hmm. were movies that were nominated and part of last year's Oscars. Right, right. So those were great. Um, You know, that was 1917 and Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah, those were good. Those were great. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was nominated, but uh, Molly and I saw Just Mercy, which is just a phenomenal story. She'd read that book, and I loved the movie. So I don't know technically when those movies released, if they were like end of 19 or if they were actually here in 2020. Um, and then obviously everything just came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Um, so on my list, you know, normally at this time of year, there would be about 20 to 22 movies probably. Mm-hmm. And this year it's like 13. Oh, you still have 13. I still have 13, but, but I'm thinking I had to add a whole asterisk this year, <laughs> which is new movies that were released, but I not in theaters, but not in theaters. So I have, mm-hmm. let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six of the 13 are all were released on streaming. Okay. You know, but technically still new movies, I guess. So Okay, so w- out of those, so, top five. <laughs> all right, so uh, I really liked Enola Holmes. <gasps> oh, That's a Netflix yes. movie. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, it's kind of about the kid sister of Sherlock Holmes, and she's just, it's just fun and yeah. She's interesting. In, and she's in Stranger Things. She's the actress yeah, that's that what I've heard. plays. Yes. I haven't Stranger seen Things. it, but I, okay. she, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. So I really liked that. Um, uh, it was a quirky movie, but I uh, saw The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh, okay. And it was really, yeah, just super quirky. Okay. Um, but that was actually kind of fun. So, so for our viewers, let's let's add maybe our some viewers? Or, or, or listeners. Our listeners okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. We're, do, no, we're talking okay. movies, so yeah. I'm going viewers. No, that's all right. um, what are the age range? You know, so Enola Holmes is probably family friendly. Yeah, right? I think Enola Holmes and Personal History of David Copperfield were both PG-13. Okay. You know, I don't recall. I don't. I don't want to go. Hey, okay. go watch it. Yeah your family. So, so look it I'm, up first. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like that's always a good strategy. There's movies all the time that I'm like, Oh, I remember that. This will be fine to show our kids. And it's like, Oh wait, turn it off. <laughs> um, Cause you kind of don't remember that real well. Sure. A movie that was better than I expected was I still believe, which oh, was a, yes, the story about Jeremy, Jeremy camp. camp. And mm-hmm. I Oof, think partly jerker. because yeah, it really was. I think partly because I just kind of came of age around the time that his music was really especially popular mm-hmm. and you kind of knew the story and mm-hmm. 
Um, so that was a that was a good one. Our family, we love Trolls World Tour. Oh yes, that was a good one. I've heard the soundtrack Lots of that of music one with your and, family. Have you? <laughs> yeah. So that was that was fun. Um, you know, I don't know. That's about it that I really kind of really? liked. You know, Tenant. Yeah. Tenant's the main big one. And like it was fun in, in that it was the first movie I saw yes. back yes. after the theaters were reopened. And it was one of those, especially the opening sequence, where it mm-hmm. sounds and feels <laughs> like a movie is supposed to feel in yes. the theater. And you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> it's back. It's back. Yes. What? Finally. But then the thing is just so confusing. Yeah. And I really like Christopher Nolan's movies, but most of them you can at least on a second or third viewing figure it out. Uh And I was going to go back and watch Tenet. And then I was like, I don't think if I watch this a hundred times, I would actually understand it. And so I've actually come to be pretty frustrated by it. I read Hmm. one review that I agreed with that said Tenet is actually one of the most arrogant movies he's ever made. Oh. Because it's kind of his way of saying, I don't even care if you understand it. And that is sort of how it felt. That's interesting. Yeah. I I did geek out that it was just exciting to be back in a movie theater and feel like the surround sound and eat the popcorn. Totally. (laughs) Drink your bubbly soda. Like, oh. I know. I missed it. I still miss it, but. Yeah. All right. Those are great. Those are those are some good movies. movies. So now, go. so now, if you have some time, if you have a break, you can uh, go check out some of those. It was a plethora of uh, yeah. different genres, and yeah. yeah, those are great. Okay. Uh, segueing here, uh, most embarrassing moment on stage. We're still in the random. We are. This is yeah. This is still in the random. Um. Yeah. The most embarrassing moment on stage. Um. Man. That's hard. <laughs> Uh, you know, there was one that was kind of consciously embarrassing, which okay. was a number of years ago during our, we did an Advent series on marriage and relationships and we, our band did a cover of all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> and I was one of the backup singers. Oh, so this was before your time at our church, Alessi. But, uh-huh. um, so when that song comes on this. by Mariah Carey, I, I have all the oohs and ahs. I know <laughs> exactly where they start and stop and. Um, so that was embarrassing, but kind of consciously. So like it was intended to be somewhat silly. Um, the one that wasn't nearly as embarrassing as I feared it could be was, um, my goodness, I think, I think it was the very first Sunday we met in our current building. Okay. That, um, first service in June and I split my pants in the middle of the first sermon. (laughs) So I bent down as I sometimes do to kind of, I don't remember exactly what I was talking about, but something maybe about worship and we bow down and I just heard and felt <laughs> my pants just split no. in the, you I know, didn't know this. under regions. And, um, I was like horrified. Did anyone hear? No. <laughs> and at that point I didn't know, like, sure. Did it rip? Like. How much? <laughs> 14 inches or like two inches. Like, does anybody notice this? And so I just stood up really like still. And I was just looking at the faces of the people in the front. Uh-huh. I remember Val Kelly in particular, Val and Mike Kelly were in the front. And they were not making any kind of faces like what anything just happened? was wrong. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe it's okay. But you can't stop and like check. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. And While you don't want to make yeah. my pants um you don't want to make it t- draw, no, draw attention to it all. in case no one totally. noticed right and so oh, i'm reading the faces yeah. of people and going it looks like nobody noticed it must not be that bad 
And so I just stood really still for the rest of the sermon. Now, how did you leave stage? That's what, how um, did you walk off stage? Did you kind of very backtrack gingerly? <laughs> I got down the steps and there's that little part in our building that's kind of like the wall, you know, before the backstage. And that's where I did kind of a full <laughs> examination <laughs> full, of things full check. <laughs> and realized, okay, this isn't the worst, but I definitely need some new pants for the next service. And fortunately I live really close by. I'm only like five or six minutes away. And so I went out and uh, Molly's normally at that point would not normally have been at the first service, sure. but because it was the first, first service in this building, she yeah. was there. And I was like, honey, <laughs> I need you to run home <laughs> and get me some new pants. And so there we go. Wow. That's, that's great. That was yeah. a really good one. It was And, and oh, we probably, none of us probably knew that because even if we were in the service, you, you pulled it off. But so. I was sure to make sure that that was not the service we put online. So we didn't post that <laughs> just recording, in case anyway. yeah that's probably probably smart uh, I love it um okay so something that, that this is a random question from me um but that I have found super uh uh fascinating interesting okay is uh in a judgmental way no no anyway, go ahead. I think I know where you're going wow no but that you uh can enjoy the occasional video games I do enjoy the occasional video game. I think my kids might say it's more than occasional. Yes, I, I have heard that. Yes. But I also think. So what is I'm the truth? I'm not sure they're a great judge of it. Um, yes, because Caitlin has told me, you know, yeah, my dad plays video games all the time, which I don't know if that's totally true, but now is your yeah. chance. Like, what is your, and why, why do you play? What do you play? Well, here's what I'd say is um, if someone, Seth and I have had this conversation before. Um, where someone will say, my wife says I play too much video games. Mm. And I say, if if your wife says you play too much video games, you do. <laughs> okay. So I don't play more than Molly thinks I should play. All right. Well, so there you I go. feel like I'm fine. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I think uh, most, most of the time, like during the week, I hardly ever play sure. it. It's more on the weekends mm -hmm. or on days off or on, you know, a Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, and it's on the kind of main TV in the house. So okay. I think that's some of it too. Yeah. Is like if I was off in another room. You're not room, going they into not... your gaming room. <laughs> no. Which, I mean, I guess would be fine. Um, but for me, it's all sports games. I yeah. only play sports games. Okay. Right now I'm on a big NBA 2K okay. kick. Um, so I'm playing a lot of that uh, when I play. But And then occasionally I'll get on my uh, my nephew in Ohio. Okay. Um, he and I will get on and talk trash to each other and play at the same time. So Aww. that's kind of fun. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, good. That's cool. Um, last question in the random section, and this is going to kind of uh, lead us into some more meaningful questions. But um, how do you feel about the coronavirus vaccine? And would you be an early adopter if you could? Uh, I am very happy that it seems to be on track and that it seems to be as effective as they're saying it is. Um, I'm a little bit surprised by it. Mm. Um I mean, it's just really striking to go, the fastest we've ever created a vaccine is four years, and now we've done it in nine months, and huh. it's 95% effective. It's like, hmm, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. So um, conspiracy theories aside, <laughs> I am encouraged by it. I mean, okay. I know that um, it seems like it will make a difference for a lot of people, especially the most vulnerable people, and so I think that's really great. Mm. Um, the second part of the question was, will I be – Taking it? If you could take it early, would you? Or could, if you could be one of the first to take it, would yeah, you? Yeah, I don't know that I want to be first in line, um, but I, I'm i generally like a 
vaccine guy, okay. you know? Um, yeah. I get a flu shot every year. Yeah. I'm not super rattled or afraid of that stuff. Um, I've heard people concerned about there being microchips in this or whatever. That's the mark of the beast. I don't think that's what the mark of the beast is. So I'm not, okay. I mean, I hope there's not microchips in it. Right. Um, if I knew there were, I'd be hesitant, uh-huh. but that feels mostly like speculation. Um, okay. I guess the way I view it right now, and I realize that this is a matter of conscience and there's yeah. lots of people that are going to see this differently than me, but I sort of feel like if our choices are live the way we all currently have to live now mm-hmm. or get a vaccine, get me in line, yeah. I will get the vaccine yeah. because I'm ready to not live like yeah. this anymore. Um, yeah, I agree. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think it, it is going to be an interesting thing just in mm-hmm. our culture mm-hmm. that generally speaking, the people most resistant to mitigation efforts are also probably many of the same people resistant to the vaccine. Mm. And so I think culturally it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And I don't, in light of kind of all the division and everything else, which I think we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. I don't feel super hopeful that that's going to go smooth, Yeah, but yeah, I would get it. Okay. Um, yes, we will. We will talk about some of the division going on in a little bit. Um, but before we get there, um, as we transition into more meaningful, we're questions. in the meaningful category. We now? are. Okay. We're now in the meaningful. If you've made it category. this far, welcome. I hope. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> I think so. I've, Great. Le- I've learned some new things about you. Cool. Um, so, what stirs your affection for Jesus? And I feel like we've maybe t- hinted on this uh, in past episodes, but um, for you right now, um, or or maybe in general, what what tends to stir your affection for Jesus? Well, I like this question because the name of the podcast is not for Luke; it's for Jesus. So, yes. <laughs> up to this point, bringing it back, it's been mostly about me. <laughs> um, and I like to talk about myself. I don't mind that a lot. But um, but yeah, the idea of that this podcast is for Jesus is what it's about. So what stirs my affections for Jesus? First of all, I just love that question Yeah. because I think, and this is a lot of the influence of John Piper in my life and discipleship. Um, you know, his famous line was that God is most glorified in us when we are mm. most satisfied in him mm. and a, a big concern over what are our affections? What do we love? What do we treasure? And so I just think even to frame a question about Jesus that way, it, I really appreciate that. Yeah. So way to go. <laughs> um, there's a number of things that stir my affections for Jesus. One we talked about some episodes back was music. You know, music yep. and worship um, really stirs my affections and moves me in a significant way. Um, uh, there are definitely times with um, with my family and especially with my kids when I sort of see when I see them genuinely enjoying something about the Lord mm. or connecting dots to the Lord, that like really stirs my affections for the Lord. And um, yeah, that's great. Um, I think, you know, studying and I mean, reading the Bible in general, but, but studying especially and, and then preaching mm. um, more often than people realize, I think I'm, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching kind of to myself. Mm. And I don't mean that in like a narcissistic yeah, no selfish way but like uh you know i'm an i'm an end user yeah (laughs) i'm uh i'm not coming coming kind of from on high and saying here's what all of you need but it's like i'm so in that sense i feel like i'm preaching to myself yeah um and so i think that's felt i think that's yeah um, hopefully yeah yeah i think that's huge so yeah i mean i um so there's a lot of things that stir your affection for jesus yeah (laughs) I think that's, I think that's, I think we have been able to see that 
not just in you, but like in this podcast as a whole, as it is called for Jesus. Like mm. we've been able to talk about all these different ways, whether it's even through political things or through um, just learning about other people or hearing other stories has like been a part of stirring our affection for Jesus because he's in and through mm. everything. So yeah. I think it's sweet that it's not just like one answer, like this one song, but it's kind of woven all throughout your life. Yeah. So that's sweet. Cool. Um, moving to Christmas, since we're in December, okay. yeah. um, what does Christmas mean to you and why? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's inter- I, I kind of think about this on two levels. Um, the idea of God becoming a person mm. and being born and all of the parts of the Christmas story. I don't know. They, they feel kind of like, okay, what's that mean? What is that? Who like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but only two of the gospel writers even really talk about it. Mm-hmm. They don't all four talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe it's not that interesting. I mean, <laughs> am I allowed to say that anyway? Um, but I think, um, one thing that has really kind of brought it home for me is, um, having, having kids who were Mm. babies during their, you know, their first Christmas as a baby. Mm. And particularly with, when we had Hank, you know, we had Hank in October, end of October, a couple months later was, was Christmas and having a baby boy (laughs) during Christmas or having even a baby girl, just having a baby and going, really, really God, like Mm. you were like this. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, like they are helpless, they are weak, they are totally dependent, they are, um, man, they don't do anything really very good. We don't think about Jesus like that no. always. And yeah. so you just, I don't know, that has been like the um, the wonder of the incarnation to me is in, the, in that moment when I'm looking at a baby and going, God, you did this? This, you, you entered like like it's so vulnerable Mm. so weak um anyway so that that's been a really moving thing kind of considering the vulnerability and the weakness in the humanity of jesus and then the other thing is um you know we do something that's kind of um i don't probably unusual you know most people on the top of their christmas tree put a star or an angel yeah Uh, we actually put a nail we have a big long probably six to eight inch kind of almost like a railroad spike sort of nail. Okay. I don't know where we have it or where we got it, but it's become this tradition that we Mm. put on the top of our tree. And, um, every year we decorate, you know, we put up the tree and then at some point, uh, Molly, she gets out the box with all the ornaments and she hands them to each of us and we go put them on the tree. Um, and that's a really moving thing Mm. because the way we, we do ornaments where a lot of them are meaningful, um, a lot of them have pictures or yeah. associated with certain memories. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up at the end, you sort of look at this tree that feels like um, this just picture of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, we just decorated the other day and that song by Lauren Daigle, Noel, mm-hmm. and she's singing, um, and this was on while we were decorating it, not yeah. on purpose, just, yeah. and she's singing, come and see what God has done. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at all these ornaments and, just sensing God's faithfulness. And then, um, and then we, we get to the nail and I gather the kids up and go, Hey guys, why do we put a nail on top of the tree? And, um, 
you know, especially the older ones now, sure. they know. They like, know the answer. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. But they actually love this because yeah. it really does move me uh, just oh, about yeah. every time um, to consider that the reason we put the nail on the tree is because Jesus came to die. Mm. Um, and he came to give himself. And so that's what Christmas, that's what it means mm. to me. Wow. It's beautiful. Um, so I feel like this is probably a blessing what you just said, but I'm, I'm curious what other blessings have you experienced in 2020, which has been, as we all know, a crazy year, um, but focusing on blessings, which I think you're very intentional about doing, but what are blessings that you've experienced in 2020? Um, well, one blessing I think we've all experienced and it it seemed like it was short lived. (laughs) Um, but if you kind of remember back those first six weeks or so of, Mm. of the pandemic, it was kind of like, man, we are all going through this together. Yeah. You know, I think about John Krasinski had that that YouTube show about good news. So good news. Some good news. And like everybody loved it. And it was like, yeah, we're all going through this together. And I think that was a pretty unique thing because right now, you know, everything is, um, not necessarily in negative ways, just in real ways. Everything's very fractured, right? Like yeah. you have Hulu and Netflix and someone else has Netflix <laughs> and someone else has HBO Max and someone uh-huh. else has this. And like, we're not watching the same shows anymore. Um, obviously all the political fracture, um, you know, urban, rural, you know, sure. all of those things. And yet whew, everybody was experiencing the same thing. So I think that was kind of a blessing as short lived as it was. Um, we had a lot of, in that those early days, just being home, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm blessed in that, you know, I'm able to have a job where I can do some, a good chunk of it from home if I have to and did, and Molly uh, doesn't work outside the home. And so that led to just a lot of family time That's sweet. where, um, and so that was good. Um, that was a blessing. Um, you know, there have been a number of people throughout this year who have um, just kind of paid attention mm-hmm. to me. Mm. not in like a hanging on every word, but like sure. a noticing. Yeah. Here's how, Oh, here's how, how are you doing really? Mm, mm-hmm. And so that has been sweet. Mm. Um, and I, and those are probably people that would do that anyway, but I think as they've watched some of the trials of this year, that that's been a, that's been a blessing. So those are the first few things I, you know, from a, from a church perspective, I've just been so blessed and thankful for, um, all the adaptability and flexibility of our staff and our mm. team and our leaders and um, nobody wanted to sign up for what this year involved. And yet <laughs> everybody's really been resilient and I'm, I'm proud of them. Mm, that's awesome. So That's sweet. Um, divisions seem more sig- significant this year. Um, you think? <laughs> mm, well, I was going to say, do you agree and why? I do. Yeah. I always, I do think it's interesting how we overstate this, right? Like people go, we've never been more divided. And it's like, well, we did fight a civil war where we lost 600,000 people. Like that was pretty divided. (laughs) So, and I know some people are afraid that that could happen again. Um, But I do try to go, okay, it's not that divided. And yet there's no question if you study polarization politically if you look at all the anecdotal stuff, even on masks and on the vaccine and mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. all these other things, it's obviously very divided. And so, um, and very in your face, maybe more like the division, the different sides. I feel like we're yeah. seeing it maybe a lot more too all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the way that I've 
heard a number of people describe the pandemic, and I think this is true, is that it hasn't created new dynamics, but it's accelerated the dynamics that were there. Ah, uh, yes. So it's revealed what was there yeah. and then accelerated it. So the thing that was That's maybe good. five years away is actually sure. now already here, um, right? Like I think about that as it relates to church attendance. Like yeah. there were a lot of people kind of like, eh, I don't know if I really need the church anymore. Mm. And they were on a slow decline. And mm. five years from now, they probably weren't going to be around. But it's like now they're not around. Mm. It's just it's accelerated it. Um, technological sure. things where like a lot of people were on a track where, you know, maybe in five years people work from home. Well, here you go. You're yeah. just doing it. So yeah. that's probably my sense is that's probably true as it relates to the various divisions. They were mm. there. Um, there were these fractures and then they seemed to get accelerated. And I think largely accelerated by the stress that everyone was under mm -hmm. and still is under. Mm -hmm. And the lack of proximity. Mm. I just think in the lack of proximity, you don't assume the best, you assume yeah. the worst. Yeah. Um, and you just put everyone in that cauldron and it just has made it where it's, it's been a, it's been icky. <laughs> yeah. So, so with so that, division. so division, have you experienced the divisiveness this year on a personal level in a way that's been hurtful to you and or your family? And if so, how are you processing through all of that? Yeah, um, I have, um, you know, some of it, I, I don't know. There's probably people that would also say that I've contributed to it mm. and that our church has contributed to it. Mm. You know, we've, um, we released a video on racism and the heart of God being wounded in, I think we did that in May. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people have thought that that was divisive, mm. um, I think other decisions we've made related to masks and should we wear them and are they recommended or are they optional or we do, you know, so, so I, I also don't want to just sit back and go, man, I've been this huge victim of division. Um, I think other people would say I've contributed to it. I think there is an, there's a, there's a difference though, probably between dis decisiveness that might have an unintended consequence of division okay, and being divisive. Right. You know, yeah. like I think even in the church, that's a good distinction. there are, you know, there are disagreements we have, there are differences we have, mm -hmm. but the point at which that becomes a division mm. is when it's like, I'm now trying to split this up or I'm trying to not believe the best, or I'm trying to make something a bigger deal than it is. And so, so yeah, we've experienced division. I mean, I've, um, we've had, um, you know, in our church we've, and I, I want to just be careful here cause I know people listening to this. Um, know different people who've left our church and um, those have been for lots of different reasons. And I don't want anyone to go, Oh, he must be talking about so-and-so here, Yeah, you know, but there have been, I, I've experienced some things where I've thought, Oh, that's, that's probably a good reason to mm. leave the church and others where I've gone, Oh, that doesn't feel quite as good. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, and so that's, that's been hard. Yeah. Um, you know, this has been the first year where there have been times where Molly has had to kind of come to church and wonder like who's mad at who's mad at my husband right now mm. um and she's never kind of had to think about that mm. i generally just as a practice i don't go home and tell her the people who are upset with me yeah because i want her to be able to like people mm. on <laughs> yeah. her own yeah. and i feel like if i tell her that yeah. they, they will permanently be on her evil eye yeah. list yeah yeah <laughs> even if even if me and that person kind are of fine. reconcile yeah. and are good and so I just don't want to mm. do that to her I mm -hmm. don't want that to be her experience of church as mm. um she's not a, our co-pastor you know she's my helper and my wife mm. and so That's sweet. um but yeah it's been 
it's been painful and difficult. Um, and yet I've also been just reminded, um, Mark, I, I, there's a podcast I listen to called pastors talk with Mark Dever. Mm. They do interviews. And he said, made a little offhanded comment in a recent episode where he said, you know, the race is short mm. and you know, it won't be long now till either the Lord returns or we meet him in glory. And so, you know, that's gone. Okay. Like okay. we'll, all, yeah, this will be okay. Was there, I don't know if I answered all of that question, but. Um, the last part was the, uh, how you were processing through all of that. But I think you kind of answered yeah, that. I, yeah, I mean, I guess what I, uh, th- there's just a lot of the different divisions where I go, would it be this bad mm. if we weren't under the cauldron of COVID and yeah. separation? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you are, right? You yeah, are right. under that. So right. you can't just wish it away. Sure. And at the same time, it feels like there are times where it's like, I just want to go, hey, let's believe the best. You know, First yeah. Corinthians 13, love believes all things. Let's try to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, let's try to be curious about it rather than judgmental. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's hard yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we have one more question and we'll wrap this up. If okay. you if you guys are still listening, this is great. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Um, but how uh, how can your congregation tangibly encourage you during hard times in addition to praying for you. I love this question because I feel like everyone wants to pray for you. And I think a lot of times we ask, you know, what can we be praying for you for? Um, but thinking like, what, what is something else, um, that we can tangibly encourage you by with, um, during this, during hard times? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question too. And I do think, um, I do, I would say, please do pray. Yes. You know, um, And so the questioner saying, well, beyond that, but I also want to go, but actually please do, mm, <laughs> you know, I think there's yeah. a lot of times for me and probably for others where I kind of go, oh, I'm praying for you. Mm. And it's like, am I mm. like, really? Yeah. Um, and so I'd say really, really do that. Um, and for my family, for our pastor's mm. families, um, you know, when people write a really heartfelt note mm. and that's been some of what's just been very encouraging throughout this year. Sometimes it's been handwritten. Sometimes it's been an email. Sometimes it's been a text. Mm. But something that's more than just like, hey, thanks for what you do or great sermon, you know, but kind of explaining uh, some way that God has worked kind of through um, my relationship to them or whatever. That's been just massively encouraging. And I actually have a file on Evernote where I'll either, you know, kind of cut and paste it into there mm. or um, clip it and you know, take a picture and occasionally go back through there on the lower days mm-hmm. where it's like, God, is any of this making a difference? Um, and so, um, yeah, so that, that really is helpful. Um, you know, I think too, uh, I mean, this is, this is what's hard in a really in any church probably, but in a large church, one of the things that's hard is like everyone probably feels or a lot of people probably feel closer to me than mm. I, than I feel to them mm. in the sense of like, they know more about me than I know about them. Sure. We're not and interviewing if, them right now. Right. <laughs> and if I had time to get to know them the way that they know me, yeah. we'd, we'd probably feel even closer. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know what that means other than just to say, I think whatever uh, you can do that feels appropriate based on our relationship, like, mm encourage me. And I mean, I'm a, I'm just a person. Um, I would say too, like really, um, try to think about our other staff at our Mm. church. Like I probably get more affection and praise than 
is appropriate and mm-hmm. maybe more criticism too. I don't know about that part, but I would just say, you know, where you can look out for the other people who maybe aren't as visible mm-hmm. and love them. That actually That's is a, sweet. is a way that, um, loves me and my family. Um, and then a big thing, I guess I would say, and this is true all the time, but, um, for my family, for those of you that, that are listening and know my family, if you can just kind of treat them like everyone else is actually really great because, um, you know, it's, it's, it can be weird for a kid. This is true, but now a little bit with social media where we're all posting stuff about our kids all the time (laughs) and people will walk up to them and go, Oh, I didn't know you, uh, liked watermelon, you know? And it's like, how do you know I want, like, oh, your parents posted about it, you know? Well, it can be the same way for a pastor's kid. You know, I tell mm. stories and people can go up and go, oh, I didn't, and people, and my kids sometimes be like, who was that? I don't know you. I don't know you. What was that about? <laughs> yeah. And so I think anytime people mm. can just treat them normal, which which really happens a lot here, mm. that they're treated normally. And, um, you know, they don't get called on in Sunday school extra because they're the pastor's kid or something. So, so that's all. Um, that's all really good. Um, and then, and then too, I would just say where you can, this would this be where I'd end it is try to assume the best, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and try to give the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if what you experience over time makes it where it's eroding your trust and it is difficult to talk, you know, difficult to trust, then please come to me and talk about it. Um, I think that would be another thing is like, Sometimes people think maybe I'm out of reach mm. or I'm too busy and I can't talk about that. And I've had lots of conversations this year with people who were frustrated by something I did. <clears throat> and even if at the end of it, we didn't see eye to eye, the relationship was closer. Mm. And that is really, really good versus other people who kind of just said peace out and left a relationship with me or left a relationship with our church. Mm-hmm. Like I would unsubscribe from an email list <laughs> to target or something, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's not really very cool. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's what comes to mind. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. For answering some of these questions. Thank you listeners for sending some questions and, uh, yeah, this was fun. This was fun. And so next time I think, uh, you and Reese are, yes. I, I'm not going to be here. Molly and I are actually going to be celebrating our 19th anniversary, <gasps> Aww, which we're excited about. So you and Reese That's are going to do a little bit of a reflection on yes. 2020 as well. Yes. And, uh, try to process some of what the Lord's taught you this year. Maybe some other surprises. We'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I got to come up with another surprise. Well, well, you know, Reese, he's on assignment. He, he'll come back that's energized. True. All those true. hugs <laughs> will uh, we'll bring him back pumped up. So. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for your love for me and for mm-hmm. Alessi and for our church. Um, yes. And, uh, man, we're thankful for God's grace this year. Absolutely. It's been hard, but he is good. Yes. All right. See you now. All right. Bye-bye.